And thanks for joining us now on KVCR for KVC Arts, arts and entertainment, as well as the people and places providing it. I'm David Fleming. I've done a number of interviews with members of doo-wop groups and early rock, soul, and folk. Most of these were for people coming to perform in the region. In late 2015, I was fortunate to interview Charlie Thomas of the Drifters when he was getting ready to perform for Affordable Music Productions, along with the Skyliners and the Marcells. For this edition of KVC Arts, I've revisited the conversation, remembering some of the history of the Drifters, some of the hits, and the legacy of which Thomas was proud to be a part, and one that he hoped would continue. Charlie Thomas passed away January 31, 2023, at the age of 85. You can dance, every dance with the guy who gives you the eye, let him hold you tight. You can smile, every smile for the man who held your hand neath the pale light. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, say the last dance for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Charlie, first and foremost, I appreciate your time today. I mentioned to several people I grew up at my mom's at the Hop Records and some of my favorite early songs were Drifters tunes before I even knew who the Drifters were so I'd love to go over a little bit of uh, history and some of the big tunes of course I think that the original incarnation of the Drifters that is with Clyde McFadder did produce some known songs but I really think that most of the biggest hits came from your era with the Drifters Could- Could we start with the time that George Treadwell, manager for the Drifters, fired the entire band, and then your band, the Five Crowns, became the Drifters? Maybe it was a fist fight, I think. Well, I wouldn't say a fist fight. I don't know, but I know it was a whole lot of noise back then, you know, and it was a lot of drinking back in those days, you know, the dope and all that. That hasn't even came up, you know, but it was a lot of drinking back in the days, you know, when a bunch get together and they start drinking, they start an argument. We was younger than they were, you know, but we heard a lot of ruckus in the dressing room of the drifters uh, before me. About a half an hour later, George Treadwell came out and said, I want to talk to you guys. And so my manager led him into the dressing room. We sit down and he started talking. He said, I got contracts that I'd like to fulfill. And like if anyone don't fulfill them, then I'll be sued, you know. So we took him over. Level Patterns say, oh, yeah, we'll take him over. But... Armin Erdogan and Jerry Wesley was on Atlantic Records and they was in the audience and they happened to listen to the sound and love the sound of the Five Crowns. So George Treadwell and Armin Erdogan came back after George Treadwell dismissed the old drifters and he asked, would we like to become the drifters? So I said, how could we become the drifters and the drifters are here on the stage with us? So he said, I'm going to dismiss them all because they're drunks, a bunch of drunks and this and that, you know. So my manager say, oh, we'll take the contract, we'll do it. So we went on the travel on the road and started doing up the contracts for him in Mississippi, New Orleans, South Carolina, different places. And we did great. We did great in on mostly army bases. And we did great. And like the word got loose that we were the drifters, you know, but we didn't feel it until Benny King wrote the song, There Goes My Baby, which he wrote for us, The Five Crowns. And it became number one across the nation. It stayed up on number one for quite some time. 
It's a complicated story, too, when you try to sort out who the drifters are, and, and that's just really, that's an intertwining history. But back in those early days, you mentioned There Goes My Baby, and, and this was, I think, one of the first big ones from this time of the drifters. And this was also with you guys now working with Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. So I'd well, love to know what felt different about this song, or maybe what was different in working with Lieber and Stoller. And I have to say, too, by the way, that I've interviewed Stoller, and he did mention this time as being a good time for him as well, his time with the Drifters. Yeah, yeah that was in the, what they call it, you ride around with your little Volkswagen with a flower on top. And oh, yeah. <laughs> hippie days. Hippie Back days. In the hippie days, you know. And when we met Jerry and Mike, I think Jerry had on one blue eye and one gray eye. <laughs> you know, we didn't know nothing about contact lens and all that, you know. Uh, it was happening then, too, you know. And then Stan Applebaum was the arranger. He come in with one sneaker and one fander, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just weird back in them days, but it was a good time. Mike Stoller come in. Hey, he, oh, man, I don't know. Mike was just soft and easy. I always have been soft and easy, but he's lovable. Believe me, he was, mm. he's a great guy, and I still love him. I always did from the beginning. This magic moment So different and so new Was like any other Until I kiss you And then it happened it took me by surprise I knew that you felt it too By the look in your eyes Sweeter than wine Softer than the summer night Everything I want I have Whenever I hold you tight This magic moment me and Mike hit it off better than Jerry and Benny hit it off real close. But me and Mike hit it off because Mike was solid and I was kind of shy. And every place I went, you know, I was bumping to Mike someplace or another. In the movies and different places, I don't know. It's a weird thing to me, you know. But Jerry and Mike were great guys. They took us on like a family. And we used to sit on Broadway. And Benny King and Mike and Jerry, they somehow another Armin Erdogan and Jerry Westland hooked them three up together, and the joy of time started happening, the magic moment, Carol King was on some of Jerry Gotham. It was great things that happened at that moment when those three got together, when Benny King, Jerry Whistling, and Armin Erdick and all of us got together. It was like a family. They used to sleep overnight into the office and get up and rehearse. It was beautiful things, man, that happened with Save Your Last Dance with me up on the roof under the boardwalk. Well, under the boardwalk came later. Back in the days, it was it's fantastic the way we met. Yeah, some incredible, incredible tunes came out of this particular period. And I'm very curious, with Lieber and Stoller had also supplied so many novelty songs for the coasters. Did you yeah. wonder if the drifters might end up going in that direction or maybe even worry that you might go in this direction with these guys at the helm? No, we wasn't 
word about that. They thumped us out. They really did. They thumped us out, and we gave in. We was the first group that recorded with violin, strings, rhythm, and blues. You know, they tried all the other groups, and we was the first one. Back in the day, they used to have an old bass tub and a keyboard and a drummer with a snare. Not no big drum, just a snare, you know. Mm -hmm. That was back in the days. But somehow, Levy and Stoller got together with all of that. And then they put Stan Applebaum, the wonderful arranger, and he had violins and cello drums and kettle drums and all of that to our music. You know. I think uh, Levy and Stoller, Jerry, Mike, and Benny, they had the same feel for things. Because before we even met Jerry and Mike, Benny used to have this feel like a calypso feel in it, a cha-cha, merengo feel in it, so his music. When he wrote, There Goes My Baby, he wrote, There Goes My Baby for me, you know, and uh, he wound up singing some of it himself, so in the studio, Jerry Westland and Armin Erdogan kind of pieced up the voices with me and Benny, and the, the song came out to be a smash. There Goes My Baby, it received notice even back then for incorporating the symphony behind it, as you were talking about. You also saw this in this magic moment. Was this recorded with the symphony there in the room, or did they record it and then do a playback track that you guys sang with? They recorded it with the symphony in the room, and like, he would stop the symphony if anything was wrong, but we was on it because we had the feeling, you know, from Benny, that it would be a tasteful and it'd be successful. We had the feeling to do that, you know, so we did the song. I mean, we went straight through it, straight through the song. But they used to take the lead singer, you know, like Benny King, and put him on wax first, and then he'll bring it in the vocals behind it, you know, do things that way back in the day. Then the music, you'll have a guitar and maybe a keyboard and a drum, but the rest of the, the symphony music, Jerry Armin and Tom in the studio, he used to piece up the tapes and everything, you know. They used to work on that piece by piece and put it together and make it one. Somehow, I, know that. I don't know how to do all of that. I don't think I know it's a peer. Yep, yep. Thing, you know. <laughs> but it was marvelous the way they did things. We used to have a little balcony in the studio, so once we put our voice in, we used to go up on the balcony there and just look down in the studio at the strings and the tuba horns and all of that, and they used to add them into the voices that we did. Do you remember the first time you saw that? I mean, think of yourself in the perspective of this quartet or quintet, you know, normally just the harmony, just with the four or five of you up there. But now you're looking at this group of maybe anywhere from 20 to 30 or 40 strings and bassoons and kettle drums. That had to have been quite a feeling for you. It was incredible because to be close to Symphony Hall, too, you know, and some of the players used to come in from there. they take three or four of them or five of the guys, you know. It was magnificent to see things because I used to go, like, back in the days, like T-Bone Walker recording, BB recording. Just go up in the studio. they let me come up in the studio and look at them record, you know. And I used to look at them recording. They used to record with just a guitar and, oh, man. Just the old way, the old tub drum, like I said, and they used to record that. But when I went to the studio and saw what they had for the drifters, man, it was magnificent. It was frightful. They used to take a jawbone up a donkey, you know, and, and they make it sound, you know. And I'd be looking at this skull, you know, making these sounds of like on Magic Moment or on <laughs> when my little girl is smiling sweet. Different sounds, you know, they're percussion. When the night 
One more thing before we leave Ben behind, Ben E. King, that is, maybe the best known Ben E. King song would probably have to be Stand By Me. I understand, did he write that for the Drifters, but didn't get recorded with the Drifters? That's what he did. Did the band pass on the song, or was Ben just gone from the group that soon? No, he wasn't gone from the group. He was on his way, but he wasn't gone from the group. He was with Jerry and Lebo mm. for quite a while. He recorded Stand By Me while we was out on the road. We had replaced him with a gentleman called Johnny Williams oh, yeah, okay. from Mobile, Alabama. And Ben was working on his own single stuff. He was around when we needed him, Armin Erdogan, and you know, one of them needed him. They didn't know where they found him because they stuck him with Mike and Jerry. Yeah, so he, he was, was doing both at once. Okay, because I knew that that was a Lieber and Stoller bit as well. Yeah. All of these songs are songs that you could dance to, even Save the Last Dance for me, that had a little bit of that Calypso thing going as well. Did you have to be able to dance to a song for it to be able to make it back then? Did it have to be danceable? That dancing thing was it, you know, everyone could, it had a little of like, Spanish sound, uh, Mexican sound, and all of the Jesus records back then. But people was doing the cha-cha, you know, the merengue and all of that. That's the New York way. Even country music began to do something like that back in the days. The dance, and then Chubba Checker came out with the twist. Oh, yeah. You know, so everybody started twisting and beginning to get a, a music that makes you twist, you know. When the Beatles came over here, they figured that the Drifters would change over, but we never did. We kept what we had in it. We talked about it, I mean, us, Jerry Lieber, Atlantic Records, we talked about it, whether we should go Beatles style or stay Drifter style, so Mike and Jerry said they wanted us to stay the same. We stayed the same. Gladfully so. Gladfully? I think I just made up a word. Uh, gladly so. We were talking about the string section in a lot of the Drifters' tunes. The Drifters' first single, if I'm not mistaken, that featured you on the lead vocal, Sweets For My Sweet. Now, this was also one of the few post, say, 1958 Drifters that did not have a string section. So did this feel like a departure for you? Were you wondering, "Uh uh-oh, now we're doing it without the symphony. Is this going to be as successful as the others? Plus, now you were on lead, too, so there was sort of extra pressure there. Yeah, what Armin Erdogan wanted me to do a lead on the song, you know. I know I was a backgrounder, but, uh, you know, I used to be a high tenor singer, and when Benny King moved out, someone had to, you know, move in and keep it going. So they switched me and pushed me down to, like, low baritone or so, you know. But I did. I changed went to baritone to, I mean, keep my group working and to keep the music coming. But we went and got a gentleman called Rudolph Lewis, and he did on Broadway, and he did a magnificent job. He fell into the family, and everyone loved him. He come from the Clare Ward, the gospel singers. And he did a tremendous job. Also on Sweets for My Sweet, I read about the four female backup vocalists. All of these folks would end up huge. We're talking about Sissy Houston, Dionne Warwick, Dee Dee Warwick, Doris Troy. Yeah, they fell in there on us and they did Save the Last Dance for Me. 
Sweets for my sweets. That prominent and Marty Schumann had something to do with that. Carol King used to come up and sing with us and stay up with us and play a beautiful keyboard. Her and Jerry Gotham, I mean, they helped hold us up too. So it was great to have them in the family. Yes, and were you able to see these people grow in their careers as well? Did you stay in contact in any sort with some of these yeah. folks? We don't have to see each other to love each other, but when we see each other even on TV, we can feel the love and the blessing upon each and every one of us. You know, we've come a long ways, and if it wasn't for me, maybe they wouldn't have been where they've been, and I know I wouldn't have been where I am now if Carol King and all of them and Jerry Goffin and all of them wasn't in my life. You know, and that was the love that we had. We had a family from Atlantic Records and to Drifters. We had a family. We made a family. But Jerry Westland and Armin Erdogan and Lever and Stoller and Carol King and Jerry Gotham and Bill Spectrum. And, hey, we just made a family out of it. We used to hang out together on Broadway. We loved Broadway. We knew Broadway. We loved what was on Broadway back in those days. Well, speaking of on Broadway, now there's another Lever and Stoller tune. Long before George Benson had wonderful success with this tune that I think most people know, this was a Lieber and Stoller and the Drifters combination again, the song On Broadway. And this was such, I would have to say, such a different feel from the previous hits that the Drifters had. So I wonder again if this had to be, oh my gosh, are we going in a new direction? Or was it more of a, hey, here's something refreshing and new, a different sound for us? Yeah, that, that like I said, was Rudolph Lewis. Mm-hmm. He come from the Clare Awards singer. We had to replace our fourth guy with Benny King. Yeah. When Benny King pulled out, we brought in Rudolph Lewis. I'm David Fleming in conversation with Charlie Thomas of the Drifters. Thomas passed away at the end of January 2023, leaving many hits and memories for many around the world to enjoy. More just ahead as KVC Arts continues. Many past KVC Arts can be found through iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and NPR One. And most past shows are at kvcrnews.org arts. Back now with KVC Arts, I'm David Fleming in conversation with Charlie Thomas of The Drifters. Thomas passed away January 31st, 2023, at the age of 85, performing the music of The Drifters until the very end. The group wasn't paid very much and saw many members coming and going, some folks joining just in time to lead to The Drifters' biggest hits. When the sun beats down and burns the tar up on the roof And your shoes get so hot you wish your tired feet were fireproof Under the boat, down by the street On a blanket with my babies where I'll be under the boardwalk, out of the sun. Under the boardwalk, we'll be having some fun. Under the boardwalk, people walking above. Under the boardwalk, we'll be falling in love. Under the boardwalk, boardwalk. Johnny Moore came out the arm and he joined us and did under the boardwalk. Okay. Now to put us back on the chart again, you know, and we're still searching. I'm still looking around. I want to hit the record. I want another one because I don't think the Drifters group should pass on or die out. 
you know, I think it should live on and on because they have beautiful, gorgeous music, a gorgeous sound. Oh, absolutely. When you ended up leaving the Drifters in 1967, you were the last remaining member at that point of the Five Crowns to still be with the group. Had the Drifters moved away from what you knew and loved at that point in time, or were you just feeling it was time for you to move on to something else in 1967? I don't think so. I don't think so. The thing that the Drifters put in my heart, my mind, and my soul is lovable. And even, you know, I don't know, I just look at some of my friends and see what things that happen through time. This group have took me around the globe four times. Four times, I mean, and I miss all different nationalities and did a whole lot of wonderful and maybe dangerous things. But if I had to live this life over again, I'd be glad to. Most blessed and happy to. Because the drifters have showed me the way of life. They showed the show Charlie, I had to join the Navy to go around the world a few times. So you had a better than I did there, I'd say. Under the Now, the name today, there is a group out there called the Drifters, and not to take anything away from them, they're all powerful singers, but they're all probably young my age or younger. They seem to be basically people recruited to sing songs made famous by the Drifters. And also, I know that in Canada, there's yet another guy, one of the previous incarnations. He has the rights to the name, the Drifters. When you perform north of the border, as it were, are you able to go as Charlie Thomas's The Drifters, or does it then become one of those Charlie Thomas and friends formerly of The Drifters? This is all in a name, but still, north and south of the border, there are different rules. Yeah, I don't go Charlie Thomas The Drifters. I go Charlie okay. Thomas Drifters, my okay. Drifters, okay? And I don't knock the young guys for trying to do what Drifters did, but you got to live it. You got to live it, and I lived drifters all of my life from the age of 16 years old, and every song that Clyde McFadden even put out, I learned them, and I sang them, and I did it. I did those. I lived it, you know. And matter of fact, I helped invent it. I mean, I don't say that I own the name the drifters. I mean, no, I don't own the name the drifters. I own Charlie Thomas, you know, and I'm, uh, I was one of the drifters ever since I was 16 years old. I'm, that made years old now, and then people can't tell me what I wasn't and what I did. I know what I did. God knows what I did. Y'all don't have to hire a lawyer and give him $10,000 to show him what my life was all about. I, he should pay me $10,000 let him know what my life was all about. But I know that I was on the song, Save the Last Dance, Dance With Me, Up On The Roof, Sweet For My Sweets, When My Little Girl Is Smiling, Another Night With The Boys, Count The Tears On Broadway, Don't Go Please Stay, Another Night With The Boys. I was on all, most of the greatest hits that the Drifters ever made. Absolutely. So why? Absolutely. Because Benny King passed on with love, God bless him. I mean, and Rudolph Lewis passed on, everybody passed on. I'm still here with the grace of God, and I got something to live for, being a Drifter. Kind of sweetest, some kind of warm eyes, some kind of soft side. Lord, it's some kind of wonderful. Oh, yeah. I love all the songs, each and every song that the Justice have recorded. 
I mean, recently they went to England and made a recording and didn't want me in it. I can't see why all this beckering over Drifter's thing. It's going to be, after I leave here, it might be a younger group going on. I'd be proud to say that it's a younger group that's coming on to uphold what Clyde McFadden did and Bill Pinkton and all of them and me. You know, if someone got to carry on the legacy, you know. But I just ask God, you know, whatever they do, do the right thing. It's a beautiful way of looking at it. That that is a fantastic way of looking at it. I have to say, there's, with yes, so much bickering going on about the name, but it's really all about the music. Yeah, yeah. The music, the idea is to please the people. I mean, and don't lie to you, the people. You please the people. You get up there at 28 years old and say, "I am the Drifters. I own the Drifters." You don't own nothing. <laughs> you don't own anything. You know. I mean, be what you are, what you were brought up to be. But drifters, I mean, you got to live it. You got to live it to be it. I mean, I saw Clyde McFadden work. I've seen Bill Pinkney work. I've seen Bubba Thrasher, Gay House Thrasher. I was friends of all the close friends of those guys. Those guys educated me towards becoming a drifter. I mean, when I was young, I was younger than they were, but they educated me how to be a drifter, to be a drifter. Now, if you're going to be a drifter, you keep yourself up to be a drifter, you know, be presentable, be respectful, you know. But most of all, keep something in your heart that's decent, you know, be decent. You know, I'm not saying that I'm top dog uh, and the neatest person, uh, but uh, drifters don't go on the stage and rag the dungarees. Right. They never have. They never have. You know, with torn jackets and masks on the face and the head. The drifters is a gentleman which was raised like people like Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Arthur Price, it was neat, always been neat. And the coasters, but the coasters used to be the raggediest thing on the stage. <laughs> but there was a comedian act. There was a comedian act and there was dynamite. And it's still good, don't get me wrong. Right. But you, you want to live the life of the coasters, you got to go back and see and really read the book about the coasters. The yakety yak, don't talk back. And yeah, Charlie Brown. And they make you laugh when you hit the stage. They hit the stage. He was full of joy. He was full of joy. The audience was full of joy. You know, along came Jones. Mm, you know, that's a favorite. Yeah, a whole lot of good songs the Coasters made. But the Drifters, me, they say I'm the last of the Drifters. I don't know about all of that. I don't know about all of that. But I know that I'm a Drifter. I'm a legend. I hate to be bragging on myself, but I think now's the time to brag. Yeah, you I'd know, say. I only had one time as God been taking care of me as being a drifter all my life. And I hope he haven't gave up on me yet. But don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, say the last dance for me. Mm, baby, don't you know I love you so? Can't you feel it when we touch? I will never, never let you go. For the entirety of this edition of KVC Arts, it's been conversation with Charlie Thomas of The Drifters. It was such a pleasure to have had this interview and to see him perform just a short time later. Much of this conversation was pleasant and hopeful at the time and quite poignant when hearing it today. Charles Nolan Thomas died January 31st, 2023 at the age of 85. Charlie, thank you so much for the memories and for so much great music.
Thanks to Nathan Gothels for initially connecting me with Charlie and here at KVCR, thanks to Lillian Vasquez, Rick Dulock, Sharina Wad, Paulina Garcia, and Layla Boyd. Many past KVCRs can be found through iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as well as NPR One. And most past shows are at kvcrnews.org slash arts. I'm David Fleming. Thanks especially to you for listening and for your support. Give any time of the year at kvcrnews.org slash support. And thanks again. Mm-hmm.